Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. You are listening to the 3CR Spoken Word Program, and I am George O'Hara. Today we have a live recording from Westward in Footscray with the feature poet Hamish Danks-Brown. Since last year, Hamish has been on a perpetual poetic pilgrimage across Australia, Dreamerica, Canada, Dangleterry, Parismith, Italics and Cirque de Turkey and Singapore. Currently based in Melbourne, he has applied for a Collide Art Award residency with CERN Particle Physics Lab in Geneva and FACT Art and Technology Institute in Liverpool with the intention of curating a poetry project called Discern. He has published one chapbook, All Other Destinations, in 2010 and dozens of poems in journals and anthologies around the world. So, let's have a listen to Hamish. This is a poem in response to the events in Britain in the last 48 hours. (laughs) You entered into my life. I'm unprepared to exit. I want to remain with you. Yet history has voted. Vous avez entré dans ma vie. Je suis pas prêt à quitter, je veux rester avec vous. Pourtant, l'histoire a voté. Mm-hmm. This one is a new poem I wrote this week in response to it being Refugee Week. Um, so I wrote this poem uh, for an event that was on at Abbotsford Convent on Wednesday night. It's called Refugee Fugue. We are still languishing in the penal colonies, though we're not on the rebound for Botany Bay. We've become cruel wardens perpetrating felonies on asylum seekers dumped offshore, out of our way. We're all stuck by the state in a refugee fugue, insisting that they all just turn around, go home. Because belief in the lucky country is a vogue, even while we still Skype Oz wherever we roam. Yet we ourselves are also refugees from our lives to the extent that asylum is really seeking all of us. We behave like albino wasps who've lost their hives, so we swarm and we sting anyone who makes a fuss. We're all numbed by news speaking of refugee fugue about how they're as pushy as poltergeists are to buy our homes, take our jobs, and be the demagogue disciples of different faiths that we just don't get so far. So we lavish billions to let them rot in a remote lockout. At the same time, we moan our nightlife closes too soon. Yet we are amazed at migratory birds' annual flock out to the same distant lands which to us are a surplus moon. We are in denial of our being in deluded refugee fugue and find any coverage of immigration issues so grating We all came from overseas, and history is very vague. We are going somewhere, to that one nowhere is still waiting. 
wouldn't we rather get together and play a musical fugue than imprison ourselves the same way we've detained them? For if they can't be free to live in peace, we're in a morgue, embalming the quality of life we should have attained by then. We are all refugees from week to week now. Thank you. Okay. The other night, two rather um, inebriated fruitcakes <laughs> wandered, wandered into my room at about three o'clock in the morning and I woke up because I kept hearing my name, Hamish, 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 blah, blah, Hamish, this, Hamish, that. So I woke up, who the hell are you and how, how the hell do you know my name? Turned out one of their names was Hamish. Ah, <laughs> okay, but when you hear your name being called, you naturally respond. Um, so in the insomniac frame of mind that followed, I wrote this. It's called, We May Have Landed in the Rough. Since we've displaced the rain with bombs, we've fled from ourselves into catacombs, yet we are still hoping to resurge cause of the sound of incessant oms. So I sing from this liminal ledge as time takes me to the edge, always wanting to say one more poem, even if it expels me from you and home. Torrents keep falling through our eyes, but see, only the rubble is on the rise, yet we are still aiming higher up the vibrato scale of our ascending size. We may have landed in the rough across the gulf of unfair, unkind guff. Always wanting to play on with you means more than enough for us too. Sandstorms flake out from our skin until we're separated in the dusty din. Yet we don't believe it's a mirage that a mutual oasis is near herein. I've no made my way around this globe to reach you via your frontal lobe. Everything is as none of it was planned until we know now is nigher and. So I sing from this liminal ledge as space, is, space prepares its mortal wedge, always wanting to sing you nearer, even if t tone deaf, you're so dearer. We may have landed in the rough during this time of trouble, tough, yet asylum is seeking us out along this way to be ecstatic. You've no made me, if you please, and bade me measure your degrees, delight, despair, and deliberation. May we be free to before we freeze. We may have landed in the rough. Tempests keep twirling in our thoughts as we flee failing fortunes and flailing forts. Yet we keep following this mystery, which will ask of us until we're noughts. We may have landed in the rough, but being together is not just stuff. So we sing from this liminal ledge until our lives leap over the edge. So we sing, it is the only choice, to sing along to another's voice. We have landed, we are a new sea. So my travel plan last year evolved into sort of being a poet's pilgrimage around the world. I went to a lot of poetry events, readings, launches, festivals. I went to various hallowed literary sites, for instance, like City Lights in San Francisco. I went to the home of Emily Dickinson in Amherst, Massachusetts, for her, the, what was the very first Emily Dickinson Poetry Festival. Um, I went to Keats House in London, to the Keats and Shelley House Museum in Rome, 
I went to a whole range of um, literary sites and events wherever I could find them and, and linked with poetry and spoken word groups. I ended up performing about 40 times in America, Canada, England, France, Turkey and Singapore. Italy, there wasn't much happening in Italy because it was just after New Year and everyone was hibernating even though I tried to link with various groups. But um, met a range of fascinating people and ended up performing in some very unlikely places, one of them being in a field at the foot of the Grand Teton Mountains in Wyoming, another one being in the Aga Khan Museum of Islamic Civilization in Toronto, which is a magnificent centre, um, only brand new, it's barely two years old, and only found out about that event that morning. Um, what strikes me is that I'm not a Melbourne poet or a Sydney poet, I'm from Sydney, I'm not an Australian poet, I'm a poet. There's poetry all over the world in every language and I love it. Okay, so this is a couple of pieces from California where my trip started last July when it was baking hot and the only star I saw in my first week in California was Venus. There was, the sky was full of dust, they're five years into a drought, it was full of smoke from the same kinds of fires that are burning in California now. Um, so the night sky had virtually no stars because of the dust, the smoke and, and the smog. That was strange. This piece is called Embicadero, which is the waterfront strip in San Francisco running from Fisherman's Wharf around to the Oakland Bay Bridge. Late yesterday afternoon, Strolling across the park named after Sue Beerman, tablet camera set to race to the next finish line of images, I gravitate towards a, a Barbara Hepworth style of sculpture poised on a plinth. As I circle for a photo shot, interruption arrives in the form of a petite and puzzling woman stranded on the streets, barefoot and almost just as bare-breasted, flashing a Slavic accent, who introduces herself to me as a witch called Marina. But she has never heard, let alone read, any poetry by her Russian namesake, Tatsyava. Although she insists on reciting what she thinks is a poem, but is really an excerpt from Anton Chekhov's The Cherry Orchard Play, while she pirouettes in between my camera and the statue. Interruption again arrives in the form of a white-whiskered, beanie-stalked old man who needs money now to retrieve his dog from the vet within the next hour before the surgery closes. Marina asks me how many times I have been in love, and I tell her that I don't know yet how many times I have been out of love. And then she finds out fish is my favourite meat. She notices the Turkish fez <laughs> I wear and starts asking me about wizardry and casting spells while walking with me past the line of five-star hotels and upmarket shopping malls. Then she sees somebody else to which her fizzing attention now swivels and sweeps her away over the lawn for an ambush. Chekhov's seagulls are all winged wharfies striding by the ferry terminal on steroids. The bay bridges are stretched to catch the precarious moon, just hanging on to a thin string dangling from the starry kites to be launched as soon as the sun tucks itself out. Okay. 
also in San Francisco, which is, was actually the most daunting city I visited in America. I nearly got mugged in the street outside the hostel. San Francisco is swimming with homeless people in their many thousands, day and night, 24-7 in every neighbourhood. You have to watch yourself. Um, a lot of them have been um, treated against their will, I would have to say. A lot of them are ex-veterans of the Gulf Wars and of Afghanistan. A lot of them have just been dumped on a train from somewhere else in the States as winter approaches and given a one-way ticket to California. The problem with San Francisco is that a lot of its local residents are also being evicted because prices are soaring stratospherically. The city is being redeveloped. And so residents, local residents and homeless alike, now find themselves on the streets of San Francisco. I remember one morning I saw at least a 1,000 homeless people milling outside a welfare agency in the Chapel District, just begging for a handout. Um, it was a rugged city, and yet in the midst of that, in this rundown hostel that I stayed in, I met a Chinese woman and we, we spent a night together in a surprising situation because the hostel was so rundown I couldn't get into my room at all even, and they didn't want to call a locksmith. They ended up farming me into the next room. And so I found myself with a, in this situation called now and when, when is her name, W-E-N. You will most likely be, still be sleeping, facing your pillow tablet, when I move in 35 minutes or so. From this whole night we shared within room 204, without those two others snoring in the bunk beds beneath us. We stayed awake together, logging in through the wireless world we held in our palms. The mirror opposite allowed both of us to look at both of us, while not interfacing in the flesh. All our feelings felt it. All our senses intensified it. We both knew where the other hand's hidden sought, and each other found out about the way the other, each pressed the other desire. Sparking up across tonight as muted shadow revealed more than enough as we saw each other listen to secreted sighs on adjacent sheets, then heard each other look how calm yet excited we were. We came, edging closer, so closer, until twilight tapped just as quietly upon the unwiped pane. Twenty minutes to pack and shift along the corridor to room 206, thus being so right with you, who just sneezed again, every now and when, you haven't sent for coalition coach mentor for such so much mutually consenting better receptivity now you've just awoken and we've begun talking of where and when you will be at home at wuhan next week after we finally both stepped towards each other and hugged while both awoke from our all-night duplex dream for details and contacts exchanged with six sweet and sour short fried soup minutes now and when left to us. We started again, how we both finished. I will allude to this more in a second, but um, my trip changed in one night in Montreal, um, and I'm still in contact with that person who is French. Um, I will do just some of it in French to give you an idea. I met an actor named Emily in Montreal. She was from Paris. We had three days together. Six weeks later, I was in Paris for a whole month. 
and we are still working things out. Um, she has asked me whether I want to live in Paris, and I have said oi. Um, so I'm, I'm in Melbourne, but yes. <laughs> but yeah, we are working it out. Um, on the New Year's Day that we were to say goodbye in Paris, she had something of a meltdown, so we never actually said goodbye properly. But this is a poem that I did write for her at the time in French. It's called Allons du bois vers des forêts de demain, which means going from the woods towards the forest of tomorrow. Allons du bois vers les forêts de demain, vers du nord de vue, pour plus de verses de versets. Nous avions lassé les mêmes, nous étions dans cette auberge alternative de nous, et aussi qui nous étions dans cet état transitoire de vieux Montrealty. Je suis un poète, et vu et assez de la poésie, pour moi besoin d'écrire pour une durée de vie. Adieu à une divinité vivante, la plus personnelle et ludique, du mystificateur et provocateur mondain, tellement magique, lors de notre rencontre idiomatique. Mais si nous avions joué les mêmes rôles et resté à la même place, on nous avions trouvé chocotre. Vous avez mis depuis libéré ici à Paris. Donc, je suis si bien, si bien, aimé les délicieux mots immersés. Je dois aller, gangster, dois aller. Pourtant, Hamish hésite. Juste merci au fond de mon cœur. Vous êtes un sommet, même sur une terre plate. Nous vivions tous les deux à la maison, dans ce monde, sauf que nous allons aimer les autres dans nos différentes salles. Empathie, merveilleuse, incroyable, légendaire, impressionnante, extraordinaire. Je vais toujours croire ce qui est vraiment vu. Thank you. You have been listening to a live recording from Westward in Footscray with the feature poet Hamish Danks Brown. A quick word about poetry in Melbourne. The Dan O'Connell is on every Saturday from 2pm. Passionate Tongues every second Monday at the Brunswick Hotel from 7.30pm. Westward every second Sunday from 2pm. Check out melbournespokenword.com for more info on the scene. Well, let's have a listen to the second half of Hamish Danks-Brown. Thank you. Initially, no mentioned particle poetry. I did recently apply to be an artist in residence at the CERN Particle Physics Lab in Geneva, which is the home of the Large Hadron Collider, where they're you know, verifying the existence of the Higgs boson particle and other things like that. Um, the reason I did that was I do want to go travelling again, but um, I've always been fascinated by astronomy and physics since I was a little kid. Um, and I just thought, well, something different. Let's have a bit of art and a bit of science actually working together. So I did, for the application, actually have to shoot a five-minute video clip, which I have released on YouTube, 
Um, and being CERN and being the hothouse that it is, it, it actually employs 14,000 scientists through the projects they're doing. It's a massive facility. Naturally, hundreds and hundreds of artists from all over the world applied from over 70 countries. I didn't get it, but I enjoyed trying. So this is the poem that I wrote for that. Discern dreams in spoken cernish. Discern whatever we will, in situ or out of instances. Do you already discern the data? Life is a laneway beginning in the Big Bang word that had been waiting to be written for so long and so far. There was no time or space, nor was there light or dark. Do you verifiably discern the data? Death is a laneway, ending out within a black pothole of words sans meaning, since nobody will be able to speak out against the forces reducing us to zero. This mad, sighing test, conducted by a poet who has, as yet, an unproven theory that only poetry can and will successfully form a metaphor that will become known as the polyversal inner meaning of every little thing that is. So, first off the lab cab rank, we have to find the poetry particle somewhere on the Ella menu offering from this subatomic cafe. Then we must muse over mysteries while being lab-tested by muse sciences as we accelerate words set to collide faster than any infants ever learned to talk. We must be ready and daring to discern beyond all discerning with the most poetic experiments since the first motto was jotted. We can do all the quantum math, yet let poetry be the rhyme words to row alongside prime numbers as similes should sit with symbols. Then let us dissemble no more, because it is time and space to discern. Somewhere in there, far out here, words are wriggling through wormholes to parallel multilingual universes as vocabularies expand ever faster. Well, how should any of us broach all that dark subject matter? Let there be lightness of touch, my paternal poet, Jock, always said. Discern. This might just be construed as, as not very much more than nothing for any of us to have any concern about how many words we'll ever use. Words are the free agents we should be. Discern. Launch deep poetry probes. Spin that discern disc right around the CERN turntable. Whatever this poet recites about, can there ever be a guarantee that no weasel words will ever be said? Otherwise, the poetry particle is a myth. Spark up with a quark. Twiddle while we tweak. Hold the prose on Higgs boson. Let poetics speak. What a way to discern a living. Discern whatever we will, in situ or out of an infinity of instances. We are nomad particles who come. We are nomad particles who go until we collide with a poem. How will we ever really know? Thank you.
on ne tue pas le temps, car c'est lui qui nous tue. We do not kill time, it is time that kills us. On ne sauve rien de la vie, si Dieu n'avait avec génie mis la naissance avant la mort. We would know nothing of life if God had not, in his genius, placed birth before death. My own philosophy is that life is the one gap year we get between birth and death. <laughs> and that is why I'm living in a backpacker's at 58, because, <laughs> um, because basically I think, yeah, we only get one go at it. Um, it's not according to calendar years. It's not according to a strict timetable. Um, retirement is not in my vocabulary. I intend to be a nomad poet until I'm finished. <laughs> and that's, to me, what it, life is about. Um, yeah, I spent 12 years... I spent 12 years just prior to setting off last year living with my parents and caring for both of them. Um, Dad was a photographer and a poet, and he published some himself. And so when all that was wrapped up last year, I decided I'm free and I'm going to roam the world as a 21st century digital nomad poet. Okay. So this is a, a, a 19th century piece called Le Saint d'Avier. I'm going to do it in English. My soul has its secret, my life its mystery, an eternal love conceived in an instant. This pain is without cure, so I was forced to keep it silent, and she who caused it has never been any the wiser. Alas, I will have passed by her unnoticed, always by her side and yet alone, and I will have lived out my time on the earth, not daring to ask for anything and receiving nothing. As for her, though God has made her sweet and tender, she will go her way distracted and without hearing this murmur of love that rises when she walks. Piercely faithful to austere duty, she will say, on reading these lines full of her, so who is this woman and will not understand? La sonate Well, that's all we have time for today. So until next time, this is George O'Hara for 3CR's Spoken Word.